Welcome back to our channel, Protect the Pack. Our goal is to connect, inform, develop, and inspire all who listen. On this episode, we'll continue our discussion with our strength and conditioning expert, Mr. Dave Sayu, to discuss how defenders can better train for fitness and day-to-day -day occupation. Listen in. So from a tactical um, strength and conditioning perspective, what uh, what exercises do we need to do to start functioning? Any recommendations? I knew you were going to ask that. Oh, yeah. My, my answer to everything is going to be it depends, and you're going to get tired of hearing that. Let me back up first, and I'll speak in generalities, and then I'll, I'll sort of narrow those parameters to the specifics okay. you're asking me about. So when it comes to training in general, there's a couple key points probably focus on. Um, if you take nothing else away from this talk when it comes to physical training. So number one, focus on movement patterns not on muscle groups. Focus, focus on, um, you know, the, the basic human movement patterns, not on individual muscle groups. And we can get in, I'll get into the reasons why in a second here. The second piece would be train and develop the five basic human movement patterns. And those would be squatting, hinging, pushing, pulling, and then loaded carries or movement, locomotion under load in some fashion or another. Um, train and develop all the general physical skills. We unfortunately, as a military culture, have focused on only a handful of them or emphasized overemphasized a handful of them over the over the last several decades but you need to focus on strength power speed agility balance coordination accuracy both aerobic and anaerobic capacity so you do have that short burst you know repetitive power ability mobility stamina so we need to train all three energy systems as well and the other and final piece would be training in all planes of movement unfortunately the last several decades we've gotten in this linear mentality we do everything forward you know humans we have eyes in the front of our head we tend to run forward we walk forward we push and pull things from a you know frontal plane so training in all three movement patterns the real world happens and you of all people know you know the real world your job happens in three dimensions is forward backward up down left right diagonals you know changes of levels changes of direction so it's important to train you know, in 3d not just in a linear fashion and you should always leave a training session feeling stronger than when you walked in. There's a time and a place for those crushing workouts where you crawl out of the gym, but for an operator or a law enforcement officer, those are much fewer and further between because, again, the unpredictability of your job, you don't know when emergency is going to happen. God forbid it happens on that one day that you decided to just crush yourself in the gym. So you should never completely exhaust um, your, your reserves in the gym, especially for the, the operator or the law enforcement officer, anyone in the tactical arena. Uh, I've been trying to convince my colleagues the same way because you're right short bursts of speed is what we need just just like an operator if you move you move you move you move but there's going to be a time when your adrenaline keeps has got you where you're in a position where you have to move short quick and fast no matter how tired you are and i've been telling my guys i said you know even as a law enforcement officer i don't think you're ever going to change chase a subject for a mile and a half Sure. No. 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 Yeah. No. 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 That's no. why we got You're vehicles not. now. At that no. point, yeah. yeah. Right, and, and you know, it, it makes no sense to me to do this kind of physical fitness test once a year. We should be doing, you know, and, and I'm sure you know this because you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can give them all the advice in the world, but if they don't take that advice and they don't have the motivation to do it, they're not going to do it. Just, sure. like, just like some of these guys that I train in the gym. I try to tell them to do it the right way. I see, see so many guys that abuse the wrong muscles to achieve a different, you know, try to achieve that, that body yeah. part. It's like when these guys sprint, you know, they, I said, what's, what's your motivation sprinting? You know, how, how far are you going to sprint? How many times? So it's, it's, if you're going to do a, a routine, 
you got to you got to keep changing it up. That's just what works for me, and yeah. everybody, and you know, everybody's body's different. So, we're talking about the history of, of offline, um, and I realized that um, I didn't really talk about how we, as a human performance community, sort of got where we are today, and even specifically here at J Bear. So, um, just backing up and, and given the the broad strokes of how we got where we are right now. Um, in 2011, Admiral McRaven, who was the commander of SOCOM, yep, yep. saw this exponential rise of negative outcomes, both physical and psychological, social um, suicides, disability ratings, getting out from injuries, preventable injuries based on bad choices out in town, administrative actions that happened as a result of those, divorce rates, et cetera, et cetera, um, and realized that it needed to be addressed so he created what was called the Preservation of the Force and Family Initiative. What that was was um, a series of human performance teams that were permanently embedded with different special operations units comprised of uh, similar makeup like the operational support team is, uh, strength conditioning staff, athletic trainers, physical therapists, mm-hmm. psychologists, other cognitive performance specialists, dietitians to help address and mitigate all those negative outcomes that we just mentioned. After several years of implementation and observation and post-analysis found out that, yes, it works. Um, Having those resources present works, and it makes a positive difference. And Air Force was one of the first services to to see the value of that and the need for that type of support outside of the special operations community, um, which led into the development of the Integrated Operational Support Initiative and the Mm -hmm. operational support teams locally. So that's the program that we're we're working on here at, at JBEAR. Sorry to backtrack there. No, no. That, thanks for clearing that up uh, and providing that history of it. Now getting into the training piece. Yes. Um, but what can we do to train smarter, train better? But those, uh, I think you said those five focus groups earlier. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and working on the movement versus the muscle. Yeah, focusing on movements, um, not on muscles. So complex full body movement patterns, uh, learning to hinge, learning to squat, learning to push, learning to pull and locomotion under load, whether that's running with gear or rucking or carrying heavy things, because every other movement pattern is some combination of those basic movement patterns. So you have to master those basics across a spectrum of modes and environments. Learn to master it with your body weight first, and then you learn to master external loads, simple external loads like a kettlebell or a sandbag. And then you move on to the more complex modalities. You've learned to work a barbell. Barbell is king when it comes to strength training. But there's a a hierarchy of development. So learning those basic movement patterns, mastering those basic movement patterns um, before you move on and try to do the more complex things. You have to learn to crawl before you can walk, before you can run type of thing in general. And again, training all three energy systems, it's not just about being able to run a long distance for a long time, training the aerobic system, right? Like there's certainly some health value in that. To an extent, we do know that you know, having a, um, a healthy heart and lungs is a pretty yep. pretty accurate predictor of, of long-term health, at least one of them. We know that low body fat is probably um, healthy. You know, you're less likely <laughs> to have diabetic issues, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, body fat percentage has um, a place to be measured. You know, the long-term run, the aerobic capacity stuff has a place absolutely on the general health and wellness end of the spectrum. When it comes to doing your job, um, you have to sit down, your staff has to sit down and analyze your job. What are the physical requirements of your job? In law enforcement, that's tough because there's such a broad spectrum of possibilities. And they range from sitting for a long time in a car, wearing gear at an odd angle, to standing for a long time at a gate or an entry point, to chasing someone on foot, to grappling, to dragging. Um, It's a a very wide variety 
um, potential job demands. So it makes training for you guys a little bit more difficult yeah. than the than the average office worker, so yeah. to speak. So um, by covering all those movement patterns, by training all those physical skills and developing all those energy systems through all those planes of motion, you should be, in theory, better prepared to deal with that broad spectrum of possible scenarios that your job job could entail. Um, if you're asking me specifically about a training session, right? if we're getting down into the, the meso level, so to speak, a training session, I know a lot of people don't have the time, or at least they say they don't have the time. I'm of the opinion, again, both professionally and personally, that if you're in a job that has a, a high-level physical demand, you can get away with training three hours a week outside of, of work. And this is by no means hard, hard advice. Um, you know, is training four to five times a week the best? Yeah, probably. Is three to four times better? You know, yes, is two to three times ideal? Maybe, maybe not. But I'd say two to three times is probably the minimum effective dose. You can do a mm -hmm. lot in a short amount of time. If you have an hour to train, there are two main ways to skin that cat. There's a lot of effective ways to train. And different trainers have had success with all all types of different yeah. um, you know programming fashions, but in general, the two the two that seem to work the best in a in a short time frame. The first course of action uh, for a sixty minute workout would be spending five minutes doing um, myofascial myofascial release and some light metabolic work, uh, warm up. Do five minutes of some mobility and, and activation work, so ten minutes or less right there for the warm up piece. Go into some strength or power training where you're covering those broad scale, you know, big bang movement patterns. And then about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of, of conditioning. And you can do a lot in, in that within that framework. And that's 60 minutes right there. Um, the other course of action that seems to work very well would be spending the first 30 minutes training the things that you are bad at. And then the last 30 minutes training the things that you are good at training the weaknesses mm -hmm. first, um, be that conditioning, be that strength, be that power, whatever. And then spending the last 30 minutes training your strengths because you probably need less work training your strengths. Yeah. But again, programming and physical training in general is, a, is both art and science. So, Question. I'm, I'm not trying to be specific here, so I don't want you to give a specific answer, but for officers or military member who are working those jobs like we have, is it better to, or smarter to train before or after? Again, that, that's tough. It's going to depend <clears throat> on your shift and your – I know, I told you, every answer yeah. is going to start with it yeah. depends. Yeah. It depends. Um, <laughs> One of the things to take into consideration when dealing with law enforcement or really any tactical profession is the shift work nature of it. So there are some scheduling realities that you have to yeah. deal with, uh, availability of training facilities. So you have to you know, accommodate for the real world issues. But if I had to give you know, one or the other before or after, my personal and probably professional opinion would be after. You want to go into that job, again, with a, a full fuel tank. Right. Just in case yeah. you do have yeah. to do that chase, you have to deal with that active shooter. You have to you know, do your the, the far right end of the spectrum of that job. Yeah. You have those um, energy reserves available. Right. Training afterwards, you may not be as productive in the gym, having exhausted some of those resources. But I would rather see you know an officer miss that last rep yeah. Uh, yeah. doing an exercise than uh, miss that last jump trying to chase somebody down or miss miss uh grabbing for that arm and putting it behind someone's back when necessary yeah better better to fail in the in the gym than in real life anybody uh, got anything else yeah I, you know you touch one thing is what you said is i think is spot on but you know you know it's it's a it's also a psychological thing depends on the, what they went through that day or what their home life was like 
and you know, like on their days off. I said, if you got a day, if you got three days off, there's no excuse for you not to do something. Go outside, even if you hike. It's, 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 it's a form of exercise. It's, it's for me. It's always been since I retired to get your head clear, and it just it just stimulates the endorphins for me. It just gets things out of my head. But some of these guys, you know, like like I said, psychological depends on what they go through the day. If they have a hard time dealing with uh, a domestic, and it, you could tell them all day, go to the gym, relieve something to, to get it out of your system. It's it's going to be hard for them. I don't know if you agree with me that or not. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it just it goes back to what we were talking about earlier: the, the training the whole person. It's not just about the physical side of the house. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, about the cognitive performance and the social performance. And the it's the whole the whole person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So before um, our guys start this shift, you know they have something that's called guard mount or where we all convene. What would you recommend to get the body in in the right shape before we do that? And which which will serve now as what Ranger Loomis was talking about too. It's, it almost serves as a opportunity to clear your head and focus on the task at hand. Um, and then also, how did you get the body ready to focus on the task at hand and to do what you were referring to earlier? Is whether you're going to be standing with the gear. Um, or sitting at odd positions and then having to get out in that patrol car. Uh, how do we prep for that instead of waking up uh, sort of like cold start? Sure, and that's, that's a complex question, so I'll answer that in a couple pieces. Um, <clears throat> physical preparation for your job in general, um, that happens, a lot of that happens in your off time, right? So how you train in your off time. Now, when it comes to the law enforcement, and I don't care whether you're sitting or standing or moving, if you had to ask me, I could only pick three big bang movements and I could only write a program for law enforcement for those three with three movements. I would probably pick Turkish get up with a kettlebell deadlift with a barbell and pull-ups of some fashion or another Turkish get ups. You're practicing that bracing, that stability, that full body structural integrity through different planes of motion um, movement and different levels. Okay. Up and down um, through, through all planes of movement. I would pick the deadlift because it's an, Excellent tool for training full body strength. And again, that structural integrity, particularly that posterior chain. Um, We know that wearing body armor mechanically tends to move people forward just slightly. So they have a slightly forward lean when they're wearing body armor because typically the bulk of that weight is in front. You have your ammunition in front. You have different pieces of gear in front. So it creates a slightly forward lean. The more you can train that posterior chain and correct that posture in your off time, the better off that's going to be basically prehabilitative training for your posterior chain to help counteract that. Um, and then pull-ups, just that up, you know, full body pulling strength. It's rare to find someone that can do five pull-ups with, you know, half their body weight attached that can't push something equivalent. However, there's plenty of people that can, uh, there's plenty of 300 pound bench pressers that can't do a pull-up with 150, you know, 150 pounds. So it's, mm. uh, those would be my three big, big bang exercises for your off time. So that's, training the body to do this job um, in general, specifically immediately before, almost like a warm-up for the shift. Yeah. It depends on the type of work that you're going to do. Are you going on a, a, a vehicular patrol or are you standing? Um, a lot of that's going to come down to mobility, I think. Um, I don't know how valuable doing a specific warm-up to get your you know, heart rate at a certain level or get the blood flowing to a certain level because you don't know, you know whether you could do that warm-up and sit in that car for <laughs> five hours before something happens. So <laughs> yeah. it sort of defeats the purpose. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, 
we could certainly shadow at some point and, and figure out some clever routines to do like throughout the day, probably um, just to keep that system somewhat primed uh, at regular intervals. But as far as, as uh, you know, pre-shift specifically, um, certainly mobility work would help yeah. just to you know, prepare the body for the, the biomechanical changes demanded by wearing gear. Uh, when you wear gear, it does a couple things to the body. It, um, it changes your stride length, you know, your steps shorten up. It changes the ground reaction force. There's more force going into the ground, obviously, because you have more weight on your body. So um, priming the lower body and the hips for um, for those those conditions um, is probably beneficial. And then also <coughs> prepping yourself for the environmental demands of the job. Yeah. You, know, you have to deal with, with weather. There's a thermal response to, to wearing all that gear. So making sure that you're properly hydrated before, during, and, and after your shift as well would probably be a big thing. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. I want you to stay on the lookout for episode three and four coming up.